There is a classic copywriting and marketing lesson that I think I first heard from Gary Halbert that direct response marketing is behavioral psychology and math. Uh, direct response marketing is just behavioral psychology and math. And we're not going to talk about math today. And if we get into the behavioral psychology, there is the measurement of behavior, right? And that kind of ties into the math part. And we're not going to get into that today either. But we are going to talk about emotional needs that drive our behavior. And um, acknowledge that there's that other side of behavioral psychology that's like why we do the things that we do. And that gets really deep into what you want to put into your marketing messages to make them connect with your readers on a deeper level and ultimately to be more persuasive. Uh, now, for this particular episode and lesson, I want to be clear that like this material goes really deep and I want you to only use it in ethical ways. And we'll talk about that in a minute, but we're going to spend most of this episode just talking about the psychology about the five core emotional needs that drive our behavior. So let's get into the notes here. So first things first, um, this is based on Dr. Jeffrey Young's schema therapy. There's a great book that he put out. It's It's been out a while, um, but it's, it's a great book called Reinventing Your Life. And it is about well, it basically walks you through the the core principles and strategies of schema therapy, but it's written for a you know directly for the the user, I will say, um, and it's about the the schemas, the stories that we tell ourselves, and how those influence our life and often create a lot of negative behavior patterns, and. Um, and, and so much of this is based on the five core emotional needs that he lays out. And those five core emotional needs, we're going to talk about them from the positive side first. But then we're going to talk about them from the negative side and how that drives our behavior. So first things first, um, the first need is safe attachment, acceptance, care. So it's, it's, it's the need to feel connected to the people around us that we feel are important in our lives, so family, loved ones, et cetera, right? We need a safe sense of attachment that that person is going to be there for us, that that, that relationship is going to be maintained through time. The second core emotional need is autonomy, competence, sense of identity. So uh, not only do we need to exist in relationship with each other, we need to be our own selves, right? And to be our own self, we need to feel like you know we're able to take on the challenges of life. We're able to take on the challenges of our work. We're able to, to take on the challenges of being ourselves in relationship, right? Um, and we need a sense that we have, I guess, permission to be autonomous, to be our own person, right? The third core emotional need here is realistic limits and self-control. And so, for example, like, Kids often want no limits on what they what they want to do, but they thrive when they have certain limits in place. So, um, you know, in in our house, one of the things for our kids is is they have a limit on the amount of screen time that they get, and they're able to really enjoy screen time while they're doing it. But they also are able to thrive with things like you know time with friends, time spent reading, um, time spent doing other activities and sports, all of that, right? And 
the ability to, you know, control yourself and the ability to learn that there are limits and those limits can actually serve you, that um, you can experience freedom within those constraints is part of healthy emotional development. The fourth core emotional need is free expression of needs and emotions. We need to be able to express ourselves, express our needs, express our emotions, express our feelings, right? We need to be able to speak up about our internal experience and trust that, you know, we're not going to be suppressed, that other people, especially, again, our loved ones, are, are able to, um, at the very least, listen and empathize with our emotions and perhaps help us meet our, our various needs, right? Um, and so we certainly, at, at a minimum, need to feel free to express those needs and emotions to people we care about. And then the fifth core emotional need um, presented here is spontaneity and playfulness. We need, um, in order to feel joy in our life, we need to be able to play. We need to be able to do things that are not completely rigid and structured and um, constrained by <clears throat> whatever organizing structures there are in our life. So uh, it, it seems kind of counterintuitive, right? But on one side, we do need those realistic limits, need number three. And on another side, we need the, the space for playfulness and spontaneity. But, you know, that's just, that's how humans are. So with those as the, um, as the foundation for this, I want to go much deeper because most of us throughout our lives have had times where those five core emotional needs have been unfulfilled. And that is a core driver of so much of our behavior and so much of our personality characteristics. And, um, and, and that book, by the way, the, the reinventing your life by Dr. Jeffrey Young and his co-authors, um, that book is about addressing kind of this, this darker side of unfulfilled needs and the personality characteristic and life challenges that, that develop through those needs going unfulfilled. And it talks about the different schemas, the different stories that we start to develop when those needs go unfulfilled. And so if the first need is safe attachment, acceptance, and care, when we don't have that fulfilled, we feel a sense of disconnection and rejection. And so if that's unfulfilled, our story that we tell about ourselves is a story of abandonment, of instability, of, of you know, people who we love are going to leave us, right? Of mistrust, and sometimes we get in abuse situations. Um, emotional deprivation, emotional, like um, feeling emotionally abandoned, right? Feeling emotionally detached from people, uh, feeling a sense of defectiveness or shame. If we're not accepted for who we are, we, or even if we perceive, if we feel that we're not accepted for who we are, we automatically turn blame on ourselves and say that we're obviously not good enough. And a sense of social isolation and alienation can be another um, aspect of this. So um, if we are not feeling that safe attachment, we feel disconnected, we feel rejected, and we start to have all of these stories about ourselves that we want to rectify 
We want to get back to a place where we do feel safely attached, accepted, and cared for by other people. Um, need number two was autonomy, competence, and sense of identity. When you don't have that feeling, um, you, when you don't have that need fulfilled, there is a sense of impaired autonomy and achievement, meaning um, you don't live up to your potential. You don't, you don't experience the freedom that you desire from your life uh, to be who you want to be and to set your own direction. And um, when you kind of sacrifice yourself to that, you end up in a, in a space where you become heavily dependent on other people. You feel incompetent, right? Uh, you are vulnerable to harm and to illness. You end up enmeshed with other people and not developing a, a secure sense of who yourself is as, a, as an autonomous person in the world. So you give your selfhood over to other people, right? Um, in a way that's that's not healthy. And just this this general like um, perpetual keeping yourself in a state of failure because you don't do the things that you feel like you need to do. And so those are the the stories, the schemas that we start to tell ourselves when we uh, when we don't have that need fulfilled and we're looking for a way out. And by the way, we're going to get to how all of this applies in marketing shortly, right? Um, but again, like I, I said, I was going to spend most of this time talking about the psychology of it. So when we don't have our need for realistic limits and self-control fulfilled, uh, we, we have an impaired sense of what our limits are, right? Um, we, the, the limits themselves are perceived as, as they don't apply to me, right? And so you can end up in a situation where you, you behave to other people like you are entitled, uh, it's grandiosity, right? And um, that ends up being often abusive because it doesn't respect the other people's boundaries, the other people's autonomy, the other people's needs, right? Um, or it can just be lack of self-control and self-discipline. So, um, you know, where where limits are appropriate in in social life, where limits are appropriate in personal life, you don't you don't place those limits on yourself, you struggle to keep those limits on yourself, and so you end up in situations that are pretty negative. And so, um, again, those are the, the stories that we start to tell ourselves, the schemas um, that, you know, well, oftentimes people who, who are entitled may not tell themselves that story from a self-critical perspective, but they may hear that story from other people um, that, that they're basically behaving like an entitled little brat, right? Um, and yeah, um, that's, uh, and, and so relationships may go negative. And so there may be a, a need then to discover realistic limits and self-control. Uh, when the need for free expressions of needs and emotions is not met, um, then other directedness becomes the, the, um, primary uh, the primary focus. And um, this happens for both guys and girls, but this is the stereotypical um, nice guy of, of someone who is always caring for someone else or the stereotypical caregiver, the stereotypical person who um, is, is always putting other people first, but is, um, is doing it not out of a sense of, of care and compassion, but is doing it out of a sense of um, lack 
or uh, because in their minds they have some kind of covert contract with the other person that if they put the other person's needs first, that their needs will eventually get met. And um, and so the stories that this situation leaves you with is uh, subjugation, meaning basically giving yourself over to someone else, uh, self-sacrifice, um, and approval seeking. And And I'll say that some of these are seen as virtues and can be virtuous in certain situations. The difference here again is about the um, essentially resentment that builds from doing this in an unhealthy way versus a healthy way. If someone is being self-sacrificing from a healthy perspective, they're not going to have resentment for the person afterwards if some other unspoken need doesn't get met, right? Um, but if someone is doing this from this other directedness perspective of not having their free expressions of their needs and emotions met, um, then they are going to do it in a way that resents other people. And if your spontaneity and playfulness is uh, suppressed or that need is not met, hypervigilance and inhibition, like constant um, inhibition of your behavior is is going to be the, the schema, the, the um, situation that you end up in. And so what comes out of that is stories of negativity, of pessimism, of um, emotional inhibition, right? Like uh, not allowing yourself to feel, not allowing yourself to have emotion, unrelenting standards, otherwise known as perfectionism, or punitiveness when those unrelenting standards are directed towards other people, not yourself, and often come with great punishment if they are unmet. And so... <clears throat> there's these there's it's the negative side of the unmet needs versus the positive side of the met needs and um and it's really important to remember that this is two sides of it right so we have these needs but in many times in many cases uh to different degrees we all have those needs go unmet and this matters to your prospects, this matters in your market. And so I wanna talk about how to ethically use these in marketing. You, number one, don't want to leave your prospects, your customers stuck in the negative. You may be talking about their unmet needs, their unfulfilled needs, the stories, the schemas that they have for themselves because those needs have gone unmet. You may be speaking to that or reflecting it in stories that you tell, but you don't want to leave them stuck in the negative. The offer has to serve and the message has to serve the positive movement away from unmet needs towards met needs, away from the negative towards the positive. And really that's the ultimate key to successful um, this to successful marketing and successful offers is you take someone from a negative situation, whether that's a problem or an unfulfilled desire or maybe an unmet need, and you take them to a positive solution. The solution uh, to, to a positive situation, the solution, the fulfilled desire, the met need, and you help them, help them discover how to meet those needs, how to get those needs met uh, through your product, your service, through your direction in your marketing. And so if you're going to use these, it really is about that movement from negative to positive um, like good storytelling, the character often moves from negative to positive, right? Uh, from unmet need to met need, from, um, you know, being unfulfilled to being fulfilled. 
And the same thing applies in marketing. And we're, you know, taking that same journey ourselves, going from unmet need to met needs and growing in that way. And so my call to action for you at the end of this is to ask yourself how this might be relevant, if any of those might um, have been relevant to your marketing messages. And also, also if you might want to check out that book by Dr. Jeffrey Young, the book's called Reinventing Your Life. And um, if you might want to check that out and go deeper just in terms of your own personal development. Um, I certainly found it a, a very interesting book so far. I'm not quite all the way through yet. Okay, and don't forget to like and subscribe so you can get more content like this delivered to you on more effective copywriting, marketing, and business building. And a relevant training, if you are curious about this, interested in this, is my sleight of pen training. It's about hypnosis, persuasion, and belief change for copywriters. That link is in the description. It's part of my BTMS Insiders training library. And if you liked this episode, I think that you'll really like that training. I'm Roy Fur. This is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. I'll catch you again in the next episode. Thank you once again for tuning in to this daily episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Remember, check out the links with this episode for even more value. Now make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and engage in every way you can to keep this show going and growing and delivering daily value to you. I'll catch you soon for your next big breakthrough.